Simon told Helen wins a half length. Zach Manelli second. Welcome to Greyhound Gossip. Peaky Blinders start cheering for Tommy Shelby wins the WA Sprint Championship final. Featuring Peter O'Neill and Leia Ernest. Motza moves up to Mermaid Manelli. Fab's gem three deep. Here comes Fab's gem. Hard style Rico by five lengths to Simon told Helen third Tommy Shelby. This segment is dedicated to the discussion and promotion of Greyhound Racing. Cindy's Oliver, Rockstar Patriot, Paul Stewart, back to back with Rockstar Patriot in the Galaxy. Handsome Prince, a boulder clear. The former Tasmanian Handsome Prince has won the million dollar chase. Racing fire cloud okay away begins to build speed with momentum. Momentum takes the lead off fire cloud. Then sunset Piper who cuts to third. Then historic time checking off heels. Myrtle Manelli's Jimmy's decision. Sarong and Malawi Manelli down the back. Momentum has the leader length up on fire cloud. Then sunset Piper and historic time. Momentum looks good on the bend. Fire cloud comes to the outside. Then sunset Piper, but there's no stopping momentum. Momentum wins the WA Bread Championship. Maybe Firecloud a no second over the lunging historic time. Yeah, brilliant win by Momentum in the WA Bread Championship final on Saturday night and a great call by Hayden King as well. Good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Greyhound Gossip. Good morning to Leia Ernest. How are you, Leia? Very good, Pete. We love a long weekend. How was your weekend? It was really good, of course, with the AFL Grand Final on Saturday. Really enjoyed that. Perth did a really good job, and then we had the rain, so we're lucky that uh, we got through all of that uh, on Saturday. A really good night of chasing with momentum, uh, winning for Cosy D'Agostino. Of course, you and I spoke with Cosy last week, and hasn't this greyhound really come of age? Only two starts ago, he won in 27.36 down at Mandarin, a provincial grade five. Cosy wasn't quite sure um, in putting him up so quickly into this open class, but he has stamped himself as one of the young stars in WA chasing. 29.58 he set a new race record and there's been some very good chases that have won this race including AstraZone and uh, Bundles Galore, Patria and Mermaid Benelli in recent years that have won this race but well done to Cozzy and also to Colleen Pearson who finished second with Firecloud so two newcomers onto the ranks in the WA breeding scene. And we did mention last week, Pete, on the show that it's nice to see smaller kennels come through and have their dogs come out victorious in these feature events. Yeah, we certainly did, and um, Cozzy's done a really good job, and so has Colleen with a small team of this My Redeemer early, Shirley, and Cozzy has, of course, lightning Frank Belron Bonnie, and he had a few winners there on Saturday night. So good to see some new kennels coming through, and with the uh, Tab Touch Road to the Phoenix uh, qualifiers coming up with in October with uh, the uh, Group 2 All-Stars and then straight into the Young Stars, and, of course, Firecloud and Momentum, both eligible, I believe, for the Young Stars. So maybe we could have these greyhounds racing towards the riches of the Phoenix coming up in November later this year. But um, earlier in the year, last speaking of the year, and it's really flying through, we're almost into October. Earlier in the year, I think it was around about May, you became involved in Chase the Dream, and I thought it was a good time to maybe catch up with um, what's happening with Chase the Dream. Maybe for our listeners, you can just explain the process again. So I was lucky enough, Pete, to be the co-ambassador of Chase the Dream with David Short. And it's for anyone looking to get involved in greyhound racing, but, you know, had no idea where to start. So we came together with Owners Only Racing and Wagering WA, created Chase the Dream, which is a competition where you 
and a friend could win a 10% share in your very own Greyhound. So you just had to register, explain why you wanted to win, and then you'd go in the draw, come up, and then we go to a kennel tour and go to the races. And it just it's so exciting for people who've never been involved to learn all about what goes on behind the scenes as well as enjoy a race day with Greyhounds. And we were lucky enough to go on a kennel tour to the Robartsons, and of course, their daughter Jody Jennings is the syndicate manager of all the owners involved in Chase. And we have her on the show this morning. For some reason, we're having some technical difficulties here, so we can't actually get her on. So hopefully, we can get that sorted ASAP. But Pete, we did have Joni, Jody, who is the syndicate manager, who currently actually also runs our Facebook page, and she has everything explaining to us about what's involved in ownership. Well, he's a beautiful young pup, isn't he? Um, they call him Chase. That's his kennel name. Or is it he or she? She. 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 Chase is a beautiful girl. She, of girl. course. Sorry. I almost go for a sex change there. But she. <laughs> and um, she's by West on Augie, out of West on Hazel. And, of course, West on Augie, a national sprint final. West on, West on Hazel was a very good performer as well. And she was, well, from memory back in October last year. So her first birthday must be coming up soon. It is. And we've got Jody on the line now. So we can say a very good morning to you, Jody. How are you this morning? Hello, good morning. Sorry about that. We had a few technical difficulties. All our screens turned off. They're also on public oh. holiday, apparently. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> How do we find you this morning, Jody? Great, thank you. So, um, just heard your little talk about Chase then. It is very exciting that she is just about to turn one um, on the 11th of October. So, we're getting into the business end of her little career starting. We are, and we've got some birthday plans for Chase, I hear. We have. So... Uh, next weekend, we're ha- having an open day, so we're going to incorporate having a little birthday party and her naming day. So our syndicate's going to um, all get together and come da- back down to the property. So this will be the first time that they've all been back together since actually um, winning Chase. So um, it'll be nice for them to have a little bit of one-on-one time with her and then also the important part of picking her name. Have you guys all decided on a syndicate name as well as a race name for Chase? We have. So we've um, got a syndicate name. So it hasn't been confirmed yet, but we're hoping it's going to be our dream to Chase with the syndicate name. Beautiful. And then with her names, what we've done, because obviously our syndicate is a group of 20 brand new owners. So um, we've given them the choice of everyone putting in two names each. Um, Then we've had to obviously shortlist because how it goes with Greyhound naming. You can't always get the name that you want. So we have shortlisted it now. And then on our birthday party day, we are going to do a little draw and pull out six of our favourite names and put them in and see what we what we get. And the name Chase itself is very popular being the fact that it's Greyhound racing. So there's also that sort of hurdle to get over once we've decided on the names. Yes, unfortunately, we can't use Chase in our name because it is a registered prefix. So... Um, but that's okay. We've got to come up with some other amazing ideas. So I'm sure we'll have a beautiful name for her. Well, we're looking forward to seeing what she ends up being called on the racetrack. Speaking of, how is she going in the warm-up to hitting the track? She's going fantastic. So she's actually just been introduced to the racing kennel just this week. So she's now um, out of the paddock with her siblings and now into the kennels and starting her pre-education and her break-in now. So, um, But I think she is going to be very easy to break in. She's just a natural little champion. She loves to run and just everything that she has 
young when it comes to chasing the motorbike, running up the straight, um, going around the bull ring. She just does it naturally. There doesn't have to be too much work put into her at all. Jody, you and your family, your mum and dad, have been involved in greyhound racing, you know, basically probably all of your life, but they've yes. been involved for so many years. Um, they've had some champions that have come through. What sort of age do we find out or do you find out whether you know how good she's actually going to be? Hopefully um, around the 14, 15-month mark, she'll start um, getting to the end of the brush and that's when we'll start taking her to the trial track and that's when, you know, when they sort of start um, timing their running is when we know if they've got that little bit of um, extra oomph in them. So hopefully then. But then sometimes they can take a little bit longer as well, so maybe up to the 18-month mark. So I'm sure we she'll saw yesterday, let you know. Oh, sorry, you go, Pete. Sorry, We saw yesterday Cheryl Isaac and Scott Smith, who work with our greyhounds as pets, um, they took two greyhounds up to 2J and the popularity of the greyhounds with the young kids up there. You would have seen that with these new owners that came down that when you opened up your kennels? Definitely. And it was such an amazing experience having so many people that have not been involved in the greyhound industry before. And um, they were just so amazed at... Um, how well looked after and how beautiful that these animals were and not what they're expecting so it is uh, very exciting to have so many new people coming into the industry and we can show showcase how amazing the greyhound industry is and the love passion and the hard work that goes into our dogs each and every day and it is really lovely for all the new owners who've never, you know, you always go on the track and you see what happens on race day, even not even the kenneling side of things, but all the new owners got to hear all about that and ask any questions. And we were lucky to go to see even Linda and Chris and they explained all the back end of racing. Were you surprised with how a lot of the new owners reacted to that side of things? Definitely. Um, I, I suppose you don't realise. So many people just don't know what happens. They just think a greyhound goes to a track, runs and comes home again. They don't realise there's so much work that goes into it. And and then on the other side, just how, how beautiful an animal they actually are. And you are the syndicate manager, of course, for Chase and all the new owners. We are very yes. lucky to have a Facebook group where you give us update on Chase. You post photos and organise events. Can you tell us a bit more about your role as the syndicate manager? Sure, and this is my first time doing it, so it's all new, but I think the main thing that I wanted to get across is um, obviously because there is such a, a large group, so obviously they can't come and visit her regularly, so I wanted to make sure that they are getting weekly updates and just seeing her progression into her racing life, and um, and I think they've really enjoyed it. Um, I've got lots of really good feedback, and um, and I'm just really looking forward to getting her onto the track to show the, to show them all how exciting it actually can be. The fact that you've sort of spent more time now in the kennels, um, Jody. do you think one day, and I think I've asked you this question before, do you think one day you'll take over from your mum and dad as the, the next trainer? I don't know. I, I love coming and helping out with the dogs as much as I possibly can, but as everyone knows, it's a big job. <laughs> and what about your kids? Never. Do they get involved as well? Yeah, they do. So I'm at the kennels right now, and my son Jack is here helping out this morning, so... And my husband's here as well, so, yeah, everyone gets involved. Thanks for the update with Chase and looking forward to her first birthday, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks' time. Enjoy the birthday party down there next week, and uh, we'll look forward to um, finding out what uh, her race name is going to be and keep a close eye on her over the next few months. Great. Thank you very much. And that Jody was Jody Jennings. Jennings. Who's joining us. Mm.
<laughs> interesting uh, to see how she's actually going along, Chase uh, Layer, and I'm sure you'll be going down there next weekend for her birthday party. I would love to go down. I said I'm in here in the studio, but, you know, as we know, Pete, it is a bit of a drive down there. So by the time I make it down, I might miss out on the birthday cake. Oh, well, you can't have that. Now, <laughs> today we've got uh, Greyhound Racing at Cannington. Uh, the first of 12 races gets underway at 1.48. And we'll probably only have, at this stage, by the looks of things, have uh, the next couple of Mondays at Cannington because uh, the northern track, the remedial work's been done. It's the has been completed. The track has been handed over to Greyhound's WA staff who are now preparing the racing service surface. And uh, by all reports, hopefully the stewards may be able to get up there later this week to inspect the track once they're happy with everything, then the go-ahead will be to start trialling. So we should see uh, racing return to Northern probably by the middle of October, which will be great news. That's not far away at all. And a 12-race card today at Cannington. Pete will be joining you, I'm guessing, to call the action. We certainly will. Uh, but let's continue on with Greyhound Gossip, though. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, organise an interview after seeing on social media as well with Justin Warwick, who has recently um, retired from training gallopers. Of course, he trained a Perth Cup winner only a couple of years ago with Material Man that was successful. And, of course, he drove and trained, I think, over a 1,000 winners when he was in harness racing as well. And uh, Justin's been good enough to give his time this morning. in front from Nebulizer, Shattering Class making his run, and then came Heroes Knight into a straight, Ted Barry in front Shattering Class down the outside, looks the danger Ted Barry's going well at the 100 Shattering Class getting to him stride by stride Ted Barry in front, Shattering Class peaking on the run, and right down the outside all oh, it's cheap, but Ted Barry's got the money a great front running performance by Justin Warwick, he does about four windmills with his arm, and salutes the crowd, he's got home to win by about a long neck at the finish to all oh, it's cheap, and Shattering Class together Yeah, that was back in 1999 and Ted Barry winning the Fremantle Cup. Hopefully his shoulder's all right now, but uh, he's gone on to uh, bigger and better things, of course, in thoroughbred uh, racing. We speak of our special guest on Greyhound Gossip this morning, Justin Warwick. How are you, mate? Yes, I'm well, thank you. Uh, good morning, listeners. That'll make a, a bring back a few memories. First of all, Ted Barry in the harness days, and uh, did you get a fine from the stewards when you the, did the windmill across the line in the Fremantle Cup? Oh, they are pretty good. They genuinely would give you a... Uh a suspended sentence for like three months or something like that, knowing full well you probably weren't going to win another Group 1 for three months and by then your time would be up. So I don't think it cost me too much money. Just before, worth it anyway. Yeah, before we get on to the Greyhounds, and that's what we're, we've got you on this morning for, just touching on your harness. So you came from a harness uh, background, of course. Your father, Trevor's in the, the Hall of Fame, Rawa Hall of Fame, and you had over, I think, a 1,000 winning drives. Um, you also trained numerous winners, including a WA Pacing Cup with Admirals Avenue. You won nearly every feature race in, in WA. You won a heat of the Inter-Dominion with Admirals Avenue as well. It must have been you know, a really great uh, career for you in harness. What made you decide to change? Just cut. What, what made me change? Was yeah. that what you said? Yeah, what, yeah sorry, um, just cutting out. So what, what yeah, did make yeah. you change and, and give up harness and, and go into thoroughbred racing? Well, it's probably many things. I went flat out in the, in the harness racing and I grew up in the industry and I had sort of known it inside out and back the front and just didn't want to be one of those people that 
that was sort of all you did for your life. And I sort of knew that from the beginning that this was going to be, um, they're going to do this, but there's going to be something else. And so I went very hard at it and um, pretty well ticked all the boxes, climbed all the mountains, I suppose, you know, as the leading trainer and um, didn't win an Inter-Dominion, but I ran second in Inter-Dominion, won a few heats and won a few group ones on the East Coast. So I sort of got to rub shoulders with the big boys. And um, financially, it did get pretty tough the way that I was doing it. Um, I couldn't buy the horses because uh, I always dealt in older horses. So I didn't get into the yearlings or anything. So I was always buying older products. And then, not, like everything, nothing stays the same. And the US dollar become very strong. And um, the horses that I would normally be buying out of Melbourne or New Zealand were going to the US. So I was sort of getting the fish that John West reject. And then a couple of other people in, in the state of here, West Australia, they started paying way too much money compared to what I could pay to make a profit out of it. And in the end, it was like, wow, the things got really tough and I probably got burned out. I did have a few injuries there as well. I sort of, uh, you know, broke the knee and shoulders and wrists. And You're at your top... You, sorry, just broke up there. You're at, your, at the top of your game and you probably back then changed the way um, harness horses were actually worked and, and trained and it was a new training style that brought you a lot of success. Yeah, no, they, yeah, there was, there was. I always try different things, and not all of them have worked. If obviously, if they don't work, you stop pretty quickly, and you change and do something else. But there was a few ideas that worked, and I bumped into a few people. Uh, one guy's name was Bjorn, uh, Bjorn Gilbranson. He was from Sweden or Denmark. Denmark, he was from, and he sort of give give me some ideas on interval training and. And, yeah, things changed and I had a good time and I decided to get out as yeah, when I sort of thought that I'd had enough and I didn't really know what I was going to do, but I got out. So. And you've been very successful in thoroughbred racing as well. Um, I think you've had over 300 winners. Uh, Quilista, I remember going to the Eastern States and she was an outstanding mare and material man where you probably had your biggest success with your daughter Lucy winning the Perth Cup and, of course, placed in a railway stakes, won a Bunbury Cup as well. You had a really good ride with material man. Yeah, Material Man was a beauty. Um, Black Tycoon at the beginning, uh, Rosie Rocket. Uh, there were some look, great horses there. They, they won some, never won a Group 1. We were placed a few times. So we won a few Group 2s and, and Group 3s and had a good time. Um, but for whatever reason, yeah, things changed. And it's like uh, I ended up in the cattle, uh, had a hobby business, buying and selling a few cattle, and that's sort of taken over into a full-time business now. So... So that's where uh, most of my energy lies. So you uh, hung up the reins back in the 2000s and then you picked up the collar and lead with thoroughbreds and you've now uh, decided to, to give up training or have a break from training for a while and you've decided to pick up pick up a different collar and lead and that is Greyhound Racing. Tell us how you got involved with uh, a bitch by the name of Deluxe Model who you've had a litter of pups with and you've helped raise. Um, of course, you sent her to Fernando Bell. Uh, many might not know, but Deluxe Model is the little sister to Kiss Me Linda who made a Perth Cup final and she probably would have been better herself, Deluxe Model, had she been um, cut down by injury. Yeah, I was actually, I was on Perth Cup day uh, the year that Material Man won. I met, um, uh, uh, I'm having a mental break here, uh, David, uh, no, 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 David. Rabatson? David Robertson, yep. sorry, Dave, and a complete mental blank. So I met him uh, at the bar while I was waiting for um, 
or material man's race to come along and I said I'd like to get into the Greyhounds at some stage and really didn't know into what facet, but I was, it was probably always going to be just to breed a litter, just to tick a box that I'll, you know, scratch an itch. And um, with the cattle business, yeah, we have a lot of cattle and they don't all live, some die and and uh, whether they die of pneumonia or you know, giving birth or whatever. So um, it was a case of um, what can I do with these um, you know, animals that have died or that are in the process of dying? Um, so I was like, we could, um, we bought some freezers, we could clean the animal and um, we could raise the puppies on the, on the, on the byproduct of the animal that didn't make it to wherever it was going. So, so it was sort of a, making the most of a byproduct, which is the loss of an animal mm. and being able to do something with it. And through David, that he introduced me to Linda Britton and I ended up with two bitches, uh, not knowing full well what I was getting myself into, but um, thought I will have one, we'll have two. And um, we've got 11 puppies out of the first litter and, and eight out of the second and all's going well. So you meet Dave Rabarson at the bar, Perth Cup Day, when Material Man uh, wins. You don't know a lot about greyhound racing besides the fact that probably what you've seen on the TV and you might have heard my call and Ryan's calls over the years. But um, what made you decide then to breed with these two? Did Linda sort of give you some instructions on what needed to be done and sort of how much work did you have to do to actually set up a... Um, an establishment or not a kennel, but a kennel block where you're currently situated to actually house the pups and, and her? Yeah, it's quite... Um, well, I'm, I'm a lucky guy. Things always seem to fall into place for me. So meeting David and, and Linda, and um, they've been very good in, in helping me, educate me and um, soften my blows through uh, none of the major mistakes that I've made have, have, have you know, made too much trouble. So I've sort of been able to get things through and with um, with the two bitches arriving, then I had to get a, litter, a license to breed and license to have them before I could even have them. And mm. it was a lot more complicated than anything that I've ever done with the uh, with the horses. That's for sure. There's way more boxes to tick, and it's, it's the rules are much stricter, and you have to adhere to to everything. Where you can just go and get a horse and you don't really even have to have a license to have a horse if you want to have a horse or if you want to have a greyhound you have to get a license just to just to have it uh pretty well unless it's uh, it's been uh, off the track so um yeah building facilities and uh, uh whelping areas and reverse cycle air conditioners and but i must admit it's been good fun and i've enjoyed the whole lot of it and i enjoy the dogs a lot they're uh, they're a lot of fun they're always happy to see you and um uh, the puppies and that with the horses, obviously, it's a 11-month gestation period, and and then a couple of years before they, you sort of get to break them in and get going. Where with a puppy or with a bitch, it's 63 days from the time you've mated them. The puppies are here, and within a month's time, they're running around, and and before you know it, they're you know six, seven months old. They're obviously they're not fully grown, but they're they're pretty big dogs by then, and it, and it all happens in the space of uh, seven or eight months. We're talking with Justin Warwick on Greyhound Gossip this morning and Justin has the litter of pups with Deluxe Model and also Weston Violet's the other one. So Deluxe Model, what made you decide to send her to Fernando Bale? And, and then I'll get on to Weston Violet. Uh, first of all, Deluxe Model, Fernando Bale, what was the reason going to him? Uh, well, I said to Linda and David, like, who's the best uh, dog? Because I actually didn't know. Uh, Stallion dog, stud dog. And... Um, they said Fernando Bale, and they said he's quite expensive. And I said, how much is that? And they said he's, I think he's about 7000 at the time. 
And coming from the thoroughbred industry, that's a pretty cheap stallion. So it was a bit of, bit of a no-brainer to go, yeah, okay, we'll do that. So and then they in- said that there was, uh, you know, ways of doing it in the East Coast with uh, other vets, etc. So we, she was flown to the East Coast and inseminated and flown home. This is Deluxe model. Yep, and how many pups and, did she uh, have? Yeah, so she had 11, and uh, they were born by C-section, and they all lived. Uh, had a little runt in there, but I can't work out which one she is anymore. So, um, so they're you know, they're they're big guys now. Or, you know, I think they're big. They're uh, seven or eight months old. And there was obviously a lot and, of work for you, Justin, at that early stage in helping you know the mum take them and uh, look after them and yeah, and raise I didn't them. know any about anything about that. So uh, it was a crash course in making sure that your bitch doesn't eat the puppies overnight and staying awake, which I'm not used to doing all night. <laughs> Um, it was a, it was very much a crash course, but look, as I said, I'm lucky, and I uh, fumbled my way through it. The bitch not knowing much what to do, and myself knowing even less, but uh, everything lived, and and um, yeah, we learnt how to yeah, pretty well do everything with with puppies from a from a very young age. Considering she only really had about eight tits at teats that worked, and and there was eleven puppies, so we had to sort of do them in stages and. And uh, supplement feed them, and as they they all live mainly uh, good luck more than good management, but we're all still in one piece. And the other bitch is West on Violet, who's uh, a daughter of Abasha Barzalamar Fever, so beautifully bred, and she won over seven hundred metres, and she even raced uh, against the top echelon of our stayers in Cindy's Oliver and Flake Manelli, and uh, ran close up behind Tommy Shelby when she was sprinting. So she's beautifully bred. And speaking of Tommy Shelby, you decided to send West on Violet to him. Was that because of the way he was racing at the time, or was there a discussion there as well? Uh, I think Linda's pretty clever, um, and she sort of sows the seed, and she suggested that she thought he would be a good match. And um, with there was some, uh, and I can't even remember all the dogs' names. They're in the um, pedigree, but there were some good matchups there. And and um, so I'd, I really, I'd, I would be silly to argue with anyone uh, like Linda to. Um, and I just agreed. So, okay, we'll, we'll go to Tommy Shelby. I had no idea that he didn't even have any pups at the time. So I said, I'm very busy doing other things and, and uh, greyhounds are really my hobby. So yeah, and um, I'm being I'm being led along. He's now the Australian Greyhound of the Year and he's standing at start of course, still racing. Um, how many pups did Weston Violet have and how are they going? Yeah, so they're a month old today. Uh, so this is four done. So this is uh, Thursday. So they're a month old and they're... Um, uh, there's eight of them. Uh, we've got five uh, five dogs and three bitches, and they're all going great. So, you've so got... we did have one of them that was only 200 grams. They were born by C-section as well, um, but she's she's pulled through now, and she's um, bit over a kilo now. So she's done terrific in the last uh, four weeks. And you enjoying it, seeing them come from pups up to uh, you know young dogs like you've got from the first litter? Are, are you enjoying it? Yeah, it is. It's um, well, yeah, it is. It it. it, it uh, it's not a chore, and as I said, they're always happy to see you, and things happen very quickly. I've just built a new facility um, on the farm next door, a five-acre facility, just to rear them on. And um, yeah, looking, looking, really looking forward to it. I said I, I really enjoy it. I, I don't want to have too many more than what we've got. Uh, two bitches is plenty, um, and it's uh, it's a it's a nice. Um, it's something to wake up to every day that as I, I enjoy and it takes your mind off, off, the, off the real life. You've had, you've had success, Justin, in harness racing, uh, you know, gone to the great heights and also in thoroughbred racing where you've gone to the heights here in WA and also taken runners to the Eastern States. 
is there a chance we'll see in the future you training these pups or is it your uh, plan just to own them, raise them and, and then see them race? Yeah, probably at the moment I wouldn't be able to do uh, do anything justice, I wouldn't have thought. So um, I'll, 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 one day I'll probably get around to it, but I've got too much on my plate at the other side. So I'd probably just like to raise them. There's probably some pups there that... Um, Probably too many to raise, so we'll sell some and keep a few, and then and then send them off to the trainers and watch them race. Hopefully on a Saturday night, that would be my plan. But um, down the track, when things get a bit a bit um, easier with my business, I would probably like to train a couple. But I don't really want to be driving up and down the freeway going to and from the races anymore either. So that probably makes it a bit hard. Well, you never know. We're looking at a new track, maybe at Harvey or maybe in the uh, the southwest region, so it might be closer than you think in, in the years to come. Thanks for sharing a little bit of your time this morning on Greyhound Gossip. It's exciting, you know, to have a champion harness uh, person um, and also thoroughbred where you've had so so much success as trainer and also rangeman, and now you're trying your hand in Greyhound Racing. It's great to have you on board. Good luck with the pups. Hopefully they become successful and hopefully you enjoy your time in Greyhound Racing. Thanks for joining us. I'm sure I will. Thank you very much for your time. Justin Warring having a chat to Peter O'Neill about getting involved in the greyhound industry. And that wraps up greyhound gossip for this Monday public holiday. We'll be back soon with race day.